Welcome to the New Day Church Message of the Week. It is our hope and prayer that you encounter the one who created you through hearing this message today. To contact us or find out more information about our events and who we are, go to newday-church.org. Thank you for listening. We're going to continue on with Kingdom Builders. If you have your Bibles today, if you want to turn to the book of Acts, uh, you're certainly welcome to keep plugging along. We've been looking at the story of Saul. Saul to Paul. If you remember Saul's story, he was a Pharisee. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was born in Tarsus, but then went to Jerusalem, raised up in education there, and then eventually was then sent out to uh, Damascus. And Jesus met him. Jesus met him on the way to Damascus in a powerful way. We've been looking at his story. He gave his life to Christ. He was baptized in the spirit. He said yes to Jesus. And then through this process, he then shared the goodness of God with everyone else. He shared the testimony of Jesus. He became a kingdom builder. And that's the focus this summer is that we would become kingdom builders, this transformation that happened in Saul. Today, we're in Acts chapter 12. So if you have scripture, we're Acts chapter 12, the last verse in 12, and then the first three verses in 13. Acts chapter 12 verses 25 to 13, verse 3. To do this justly, though, I need help today. So I need some kiddos that might be able to help out and kind of act out. Uh, We're going to act the scripture out. Uh, So is there any volunteers, either adults or uh, not so adults, that would like to act out? We're seeing some no's back there, shaking some no's. Mark, thanks for saying yes. Come on up here, Mark. You can be, yep, you, that the one right there. Yep, come on up here, Mark. You can be one of ours. Dick, why don't you come on up here? You'd be, yep, come on up here too. That'd be great. Dick, come on up here. Johnson, we could use your help. Why don't you come on up here too, Johnson? Uh, that'd be pretty. And then, yeah, come on, Eddie. That's awesome. Here we go. Look at our five. Aren't they amazing? Just look at them. Only two of them actually wanted to be up here. <laughs> so I need, uh, well, Pastor Kelly isn't here. I'm going to do. Headgear, Dick, you need it. I like that. Perfect. Would you guys like this or not? Would you? Mark, you're not. No headgear for you. Sorry. All right. So here we go. That is awesome. 
Now, you guys look cute. I'm not saying anything about the rest of you. So, uh, here we are. We're in Acts. <laughs> All right, so we're in Acts chapter 12. This is a story of five, five people. Five people. So I think what we'll do, we'll give you all names. Would you like a name? Okay, you can be Barnabas. It says Barnabas there. You can be Simeon. You are Lucius. Yeah. You are Manaean. And then you are Saul, who becomes Paul. Okay? So everybody can see. Can you come on and show it? Hold it up high so they can see your names. You got it? So again, we've got these five. Here's Barnabas. Say hello, Barnabas. Here we go is Simeon. Say hello, Simeon. Here's Lucius. Say hello, Lucius. All right. Here's Manan. Say hello, Manan. Oh, and right here, we've got Saul. Say hello, Saul. I like it. All right. So... We're going to read this on you guys. Uh, we, we didn't have a chance to rehearse. This was a little uh, just in the moment. So that we'll act out to the best that we can. Actually, before we do, would you mind just reading? There's a little bit of an introduction of who you are. Can you read that? Can you read that out loud? I am Barnabas. I grew from... Uh, or a Jew from Cyprus. I drew from Cyprus. I am known as a great... Encourager. Encourager. Good job, honey. That was awesome. I am Simeon, a Roman citizen who lives and follows Jesus. I love to teach people about Jesus. Good job. Well done. All right. I am Lucius, a follower of Jesus from Cyrene in North Africa, and I carry the cross for Jesus. Yeah. Right on, Lucius. Thank you. I am Malne, an aristocrat who loved Jesus. I was a friend with King Ero, yeah. has a boy. Jesus is my best friend. Well done. That's awesome. All right. I'm Saul, a former Pharisee. I was born in Tarsus and went to school in Jerusalem. My name will be Paul. Woo! All right. So now we know our actors. We know the setting. So to set the stage... Uh, where is Saul? Saul, can you step forward? And then where is Barnabas? Barnabas, can you step forward? Barnabas and, and Saul, can you come on over here? Right over here, can you come over here by Barnabas? And the two of you, uh, there was a big collection that was taken up. You were in the city of Antioch. You remember two Sundays ago we were in Antioch, the first uh, mostly Greek church, where before all the churches were mostly Jews that loved Jesus, now it's Greeks that are loving Jesus. And there was a big offering that was taken up. Uh, so we need a basket. Can somebody run us up a basket? We need some help with a basket real quick. There was a big offering that was taken up. There we go. Uh, and they had to travel all the way from Antioch to Jerusalem. So Barnabas, can you hold on to this basket? I, I don't know about Saul, but I, really, I trust you. So if you could, guys could go ahead and make a couple laps around, you had to do a big trip all the way to Jerusalem. So you walk around, you're going to heading to Jerusalem on the way. They're, they're reflecting on how God has moved mightily. When they were in Antioch, they were there for a whole year and they were discipling, they were pouring into the lives. Now, Barnabas, you need to slow down. Barnabas, slow down, because Saul can't keep up with you. <laughs> the two of you need to work together. There we go. All right, there we go. Now we'll keep going. I like it. That's good. Teamwork. Teamwork. Uh, uh, that's awesome. I love that. Thank you. Thank you, Barnabas. Uh, one more lap, though, because it's a ways to get to Jerusalem. 
when you're back there, go ahead and give the offering plate to Lynn and uh, then come on back up this way. So they made their trek. They were bringing this offering. This was the first time ever that uh, uh, Greek believers raised money to send to Jewish believers. This was a big deal. This is like the idea of the people in Montgomery saying, here's, here, New Prague, here's some kolachkis. Uh, this, is, this is changing things. Uh, this is the first time something like that ever happened. So then they, they go to Jerusalem, they drop off that, and then they're on their way back, right? That's what we read in Scripture. They're on their way back, they come back, they're here in Antioch amongst all the other believers. That's what we're reading. So if we have your Bibles, if you want to open up to that, this is in, again, Acts chapter 12, verse 25. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. Now, in the church in Antioch, there were prophets and teachers there. Now raise your name up when I call on your name. There was Barnabas. There was Simeon. Simeon was also called Niger. There was Lucius of Cyrene. Lucius! Yeah, there was Manan. He had been brought up with Herod, the patriarch. And there was also Saul. Here we go. So we have all five of them. We got the band back together again. Uh, while they were worshiping the Lord, you got to be worshiping the Lord. Can you? What does worship look like to you? Get your worship going. Come on, worshiping the Lord. Here we go. They were worshiping the Lord, and they were fasting. So I just say, oh, no food. Say, just no food. Nope, I'm okay. I'm fasting. Nope, nope. I would. Nope, I'm okay. They were fasting, and then they were praying. What does what does it look like for you guys to pray? Can you get your prayer? Get your prayer on. That looks good. I like that you're praying. Uh, they were fasting, they were praying, they were worshiping the Lord, and then the Holy Spirit said to them, so put your, put your hand to your ear, you're hearing the Holy Spirit? Here you go, the Holy Spirit had said to them, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they fasted and prayed and worshiped, they placed their hands on Saul and Barnabas, okay, so Saul and Barnabas are right here, so Simeon, Lucius, come on over here, Manan. Come on over here. You, they, you lay your hands on them, and you pray a blessing on them. That's right. Good job. And then they sent them off. So, amen. Now send them off. Push them. Go ahead. Go on in your mission trip. They're, oh, no, you stay here. Yeah, you weren't sent. They were. So they, they, were, they give, them, give them like a little kick. Say, get, get, get going. Get, get out there. Go do your thing. They sent them off. Look at that. And we see in Scripture, they, had, they end up heading to Cyprus, that very first thing. So it's so good. All right. So come on up here. We need, we need Saul and Barnabas. They're really, they're loving going on their trip. I came to church and I did a bunch of laps. That's awesome. Can we give our actors a big hand? We thank them. Uh, I, need, I need you to, if you could please take off your outfits, unless you'd like to keep them on. You look really nice. That is, that is very good. If you could place your outfits right here. And then I also need help. Uh, we need to hand out some fruit snacks. So would you guys be up for helping? Can everyone here get some fruit snacks? If you'd be up for, for doing that. You're done fasting because you, you sent them off. Yeah. Yeah, they've been sent now. So would you mind working with him? I don't trust him with all that sugar. Can you, can you work together and hand out those? And then, here, can you work with Dick? Keep an eye. He might try to sneak a couple of those in his pocket. 
Can you do that? Thank you. And then Johnson here, can you hand out some as well? Maybe go to this section. And then Dick, why don't you go to that middle section? Do uh, the middle section here. There we go. Perfect. I love it. So here we're seeing something pretty dynamic. Uh, we're seeing the first time this, so uh, the Greeks sent a bunch of money to the Jews uh, because the Holy Spirit led them to do that. Something that doesn't make any sense. Uh, and then as they're coming back, they recognize the call on Saul and Barnabas. They're praying, they're fasting. There's a lot of things that happen when we pray and fast. Have you ever had a time of taking time to pray? How many of you here have just like in a season of prayer? Or maybe have you ever stepped into fasting? Like taking that season of fasting? Fasting is very powerful. This is an important season for us to learn how to join with the Lord in fasting. For almost two years, I had fasted every Monday, and uh, there was such sweetness, uh, such intimacy with the Lord. Fasting can, mean a, uh, can be a variety of different things, but uh, did you realize that our nation was birthed out of prayer and fasting? And the first Continental Congress, when the first of the founding fathers of our nation came together, they couldn't agree on much of anything. The only thing that they could agree upon when they first came together was the fact that they needed the Lord's help and that they needed to pray. Hallelujah. So they were wise enough to say, we can't do this on our own. They actually asked a pastor to come and lead prayer. So for more than three hours, they prayed. They were in a hot room and they, uh, they got into prayer. Wouldn't it be fun to be a fly on that wall or to record that prayer, uh, prayer gathering? All of, our, all of our founding fathers there on their knees, praying and asking the Lord to move mightily, knowing that he's up to something, they're not exactly sure what that was. That's even a little bit of the story for New Day. New Day was started out of prayer. Pastor Doyle Van Gelder, my predecessor, uh, he had retired, but he, he was still filled with a lot of fire. He was refired. Uh, he, as he was prayer walking through his city in Elko New Market, he was believing that God had more for Elko New Market. He was seeing the need for a regional church to be able to share heaven on earth, to bring a little of that revival culture here on earth. And as he was praying, if you can imagine this, he's well into his retirement years. He's walking through the city. He's praying over uh, Elko New Market. He's praying over this region. And he, he finds out that there's more that are doing that very thing. And they end up coming together and they start praying together. Uh, that this church was born out of prayer, is purely out of prayer, and, and that uh, there's things that are happening purely because of that. There's powerful things that happen when believers are able to come together in unity, not uniformity, praise God. There's, as I look around this room, I'm not seeing any uniformity, though there's more tie-dye shirts than I've ever seen before, and that's because of the parade. People were invited to wear tie-dye shirts or New Day shirts for the parade, the parade walkers today. Uh, there's something powerful about prayer. And then did you catch these original five guys? Like I know we've got restaurant now that's five guys, right? But the original five guys, there, there was five individuals. And did you catch also that they were from different areas? One from North Africa, one uh, from Cyprus, one from Cyrene, one, one from Rome. That there was this unique thing that was happening in Antioch and God brought all of these different believers from different places to this one place to be a part of sending out to say, we see this in you and now we send you out. And uh, they didn't, I don't know if they realized that that prayer gathering, 
that they were about to do something that was going to change the whole world. Do you ever have that? Do you ever have a prayer gathering where you can look back in your history and be like, wow, what happened there was bigger than I ever thought. Look at what God has done. And that's what God did through these five that took some time to meet with the Lord. Now, the beauty of this, it speaks to me about the fivefold ministry. So if you have your Bibles, if you could turn with me to Ephesians chapter four, I love the fivefold ministry. And the fivefold, it talks about this is the gift of Christ to the church. There's gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, there's gifts that the Heavenly Father gives. But the fivefold ministry is a gift from Jesus because all five of them is what Jesus is. Jesus is apostolic. Jesus is prophetic. Jesus is a teacher. Jesus is pastoral. Jesus is an evangelist. Yeah. Uh, I believe that even if we saw the, so that scripture that we were reading, it's, it was highlighting the fact that there were um, these of these five that they were teachers and they were prophets. I imagine that they were all five of the fivefold gifts were represented there. There's something powerful about being able to make space for all five of the fivefold gifts to be here. So if you have it, Ephesians chapter four, starting off at verse 11, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And why did he give them? He gave them to equip his people for works of service. So the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's a lot of information, right, in just a few verses. So what did Jesus give? Jesus gave the apostle. He gave the prophet. He gave the teacher. He gave the pastor. And he gave the evangelist. Now, if you think of all five of those different types of personalities, that's... So how many of you here are married? You raise your hand. And now how many of you, if you can keep your hands up, how many of you have been in unity all of your, the days, every hour of your marriage? Oh, odd thing. So think of this. The fivefold is five personality types. That was just two. Five personality types. And all five are unique. Like if you look at it, so starting with the evangelist, the evangelists, some of you are, are wired evangelists. You're like, why do we even have a church building? We all should just go out and we got to share Jesus with everyone. Why are we even here? Why do we have chairs? Guys, let's just, let, let's pray and we'll go out. Let's just, let's go. We think the people need to hear the good news. Or the pastor, the pastor's like, oh no, wait a minute. Hold on. We need to make sure every, is everybody okay? How are you doing? Are, are you all right? Do you, do you need some encouragement, some, some love? Are you, do you need some comfort? Do you need healing? The, the teacher's like, no, no, we need to hear the word of God. Yeah. We need to take the word of God. We need to divide it, bone and marrow. We need to get to it. What is it, what is it that the word of God is saying here? The prophet's like, no, you guys have it all wrong. We need to hear from the Lord. What is the Lord saying prophetically in this moment? What's the message of the Lord? And the, evangel or the apostle is like, yeah, no, guys, we need to be building people up and sending them out. That we need to share the kingdom of heaven. We need to send them out. Those are five different personality types. And do you see the beauty of that? Yeah. When the five can learn how to come together and do things the way, and that's what we see as we read, what is it that they do? Once the fivefold learns how to come together and to do that very thing, <clears throat> to equip his people for works of service, yeah. 
Boy, doesn't that sound awesome. Works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up. Say built up. Built up. Yeah. How many would love to see the body of Christ just totally be built up until we all reach unity? Say reach unity. Reach unity. Mm-hmm. How many of us are seeing a lot of you? Oh, man. We've got opportunities to grow in unity. In the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Say become mature. By the way, people weren't as excited when we come and share. Come and share. I like reach unity. Let's do that reach unity thing. Become mature, that we would be complete, not lacking in anything. That's the desire of our Heavenly Father. That's the desire of Jesus. That's the desire of the Holy Spirit, that we would become mature. And then as we become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So we see the fivefold, the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, the pastor, the evangelist. What is it that they're to do? They're to do five things. They're to equip his people to build up the church, to reach unity, to become mature, and to attain the fullness of Christ. Have we seen that fulfilled yet? <laughs> nope. So I believe that the fivefold ministry is needed just as much today as it was in this day. And the beauty of being able to embrace the fivefold. It's interesting if you look at all five different personality types. So the apostle, this was the first time. So the, the Romans were the only ones that had apostles. So the Jewish church adopted a Roman term. Like that in itself should mess with other Jews. The, the idea of these tyrannical Romans taking the, the apostle was one that was sent by Rome and they were given authority like a general. But they, what they had to do is they had to govern culture. So they would be sent, like, so say if, um, we'll just say, oh, what should we say? We'll say Lonsdale came and conquered New Prague. And then Lonsdale said, now, New Prague, you have to be exactly like we are. So they would even change street names. They would change the way the roads are lined up. So that if you were in Lonsdale, it would be as if you were in New Prague. Or if you were in New Prague, it'd be as if you were in Lonsdale. The closest that I've been able to come to that understanding is when I had a chance to listen to someone that was born in India. There's a certain town that was laid out just like London. So when he was on 3rd Street, he just had to go two blocks down and there was a park. That was what he grew up in, in India. But when he went to London to visit, he was on 3rd Street, and sure enough, he only had to go two blocks and there was a park. The idea of an apostle, they were sent to make the culture of that area become more like the culture of Rome. We are called to share the kingdom of heaven here on earth. We share the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And our father, he's not in this bad mood. I know there's times where people think, well, he's smiting me. He's, God gave me cancer. God gave me, I'm like, no, I, I've never seen anything in scripture where God did it. That's not who he is. That's not what he's about. But what we get to do is we get to share the goodness of God here in the land of the living. That's what an apostle, uh, yes, it means sent one, but what is it that we're sending out? We're sending out people that have an understanding of heaven on earth. So the pawns are going to be going to Guatemala and they're going to be sharing heaven on earth to the best that they can. 
uh, as, um, as Colleen's come back from Kenya, uh, has all the different, even as we go out to our workplace, or how about this, when we go home, that we, when we go home, that we get to share the kingdom of heaven to each other, that it would be as heaven, uh, that it would be like what heaven is happening that would happen here in our homes. There's something powerful. The apostle, the prophet, this was something, there was a switch that changed. You know, the cross changes everything. There was a switch that happened. The prophets in the Old Testament, they, I, you didn't necessarily want to become a prophet because there were some challenging things that were shared where it was a particular message, a particular season. Everything changed at the cross that we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3, that, that prophets, they're meant to build up to cause people to cheer up, to cause people to draw near to God. There was a shift that happened. And there was such a need for the prophetic word then, and beloved, there's a need for the prophetic word now, for the prophetic office. What's interesting, so if you know uh, the pastors, well, hold on, we'll go back to teacher. Teacher, the importance of teaching. Could you imagine trying to teach the Bible when you didn't have the New Testament? Because the New Testament was actually being written by you in that moment. Have you ever tried to picture what that's like? Here these teachers are sharing these revelations. They're sharing about the Gospels haven't even been written yet. They've been shared. Many have heard about the Gospels. But they're having to teach on something. So the dependence on the Holy Spirit was so needed. And there's such a beauty of being uh, around a teacher that will cause you to rise up. Pastors, this is, the, this is the only place in Scripture where it actually uses the word pastor. So if you were to ask me how many women pastors were there in the book of Acts, there's none. How many male pastors were there in the book of Acts? None. They didn't use the term pastor. So I, I know that that's a hot topic in other cultures. It's not as, as much we recognize that God wants to call and equip male and female. But it's interesting, pastor, the idea of that comforter that uh, we see in Jesus, he would often take time to comfort, to bring healing, to, to nurture. And then evangelist, the evangelist, uh, many times, so in the last age of the church, it was often taught the evangelists, people couldn't handle them in the church body because they're always about, we need to get out. We got to go share. What are we doing here? Why are we having these big conferences just to sit around inside the building? We need to go out. So a lot of churches in the past, they would then bring in somebody that has an evangelist calling and they would teach you up, they would build you up, and then you would send them away and like five years later, you would bring somebody else in. <laughs> but the beauty of evangelism is that Jesus, he wants to minister through all of us. The fivefold, we see the beauty of uh, the five of the individuals coming together, of taking time to pray, of uh, fasting, of waiting upon the Lord, and then what is it that they do? They hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, and they send two of those five out. There's such beauty in the fivefold and what it could do. As we read through today's message, or sorry, today's scripture, there's a few things that just jump off the page. The first is that God, he's going to use whoever he wants to use. Whomever he chooses, that's who he's going to use. And he doesn't have to go with the most educated, though Saul was highly educated. 
He didn't have to go with the, the greatest fame or aristocratic influence. That was Manan. Could you imagine being Manan? Manan grew up with King Herod. He grew up with him. He was friends with the very king that got to try Jesus. And then later we find out this King Herod, boy, he makes a mess and he eventually, his pride gets the best of him and he dies because of his pride, because of his arrogance. But Manan knew, he knew that king, but what's so much greater is that he came to know the king of kings and he put his hope and his trust in him. But you imagine being an aristocrat? I bet, I bet there was a loss, there was a cost to following Jesus, to have that place of influence in society. That's Manan. Or the Lucius, Lucius in church history, it's claimed that that was Simon from Cyrene, the very one that carried the cross of Jesus. Could you imagine? When he was on the Via Della Rosa, when he was, when he was walking that mile to Golgotha, to Skull Hill, he, remember the, he, it was so heavy, Jesus was so worn out that uh, Simon uh, actually came alongside or, uh, and helped carry the cross that last stretch. Could you imagine being that person? They believe that, that he had a name change as well, just like Saul to Paul that became Lucius from Cyrene. And he became a mighty teacher. I bet after seeing the reality of, of Jesus in that moment, I bet that changed everything for him. Hey, God, he can use anyone. He's using a Roman. He's using uh, someone from North Africa. He's using uh, people that actually, like, so Saul actually hated Christians. He had this radical connection with Jesus, and he became a Christ follower. God can use whoever he chooses. Amen. So here's the good news. He's chosen all of you. Each and every one of you, he's chosen. Amen. And he's got a plan and a purpose for you. That's right. Another thing, we need one another. How many of you realize that? Man, we need one another. Especially the season that we're in. We need one another. That's one thing that I've loved with the men's breakfast on Saturdays. I can't make it every Saturday, but I make it as often as I can. There's such a beauty about coming together. Uh, yes, it, there is some good food, but there's better than that. There's food for the soul and the spirit. Encouragement. There's vulnerability. There's being able to spur one another on with testimony. Here we see Saul and Barnabas come back from Jerusalem. They come back to Antioch. They're with these, these others. And what is it that they do? They worship the Lord together. They could have talked about sports. They could have talked about the gladiators. I don't know what the chit-chat was then. They probably talked about weather like we do today. That's not what they did. They got together and they worshiped the Lord. And then they said, hey, let's fast together. Let's pray together. Let's press in together. And as they did that, the Holy Spirit showed up in such a way that God sent out two that were about to change the whole region. They were going to bring the gospel to the non-Jew. We need one another. It, when we're together, that we would see something in each other. Like today, when as soon as Colleen came up and was on stage during practice, I could see there was something that's changed because of this Kenya trip. That there's something about, I, like, I don't know exactly what it is, but I, I believe it's your identity. That you just have a better understanding of who you are. Of who you are in Christ. We need people that can say that, right? Amen. We need one another. The beauty of VBS that's coming up is how much do we need one another? Like I look at this backdrop. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Mike did that. If it was me, it would be stick figures and nobody would want to see it. 
I, I love the fact Aaron's, Aaron's doing uh, stained glass windows. So when, as the kids walk down the hallway, it's as if they're walking down a castle hallway, which is so cool. Joe, Joe painted the, those entryway windows to make it kind of look uh, that medieval feel like a stained glass window. And it just looks awesome. And we've got, during the week, we'll have people that are crew leaders that are going to be with, you know, eight to ten kids throughout the week, just helping them get from station to station, but also loving on them. There's people that are going to be leading different stations, the craft station, the arts, uh, the snack station, the teaching station, the game station. There's going to be kids up here leading them in worship and uh, the different dance moves that they can do which thankfully they didn't ask me. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't ask me. But Mark, you and I should have done it. We would have been really good at it, but they picked somebody else next time. It was, yeah, it was really close, really close. Yeah, uh, but the beauty of it is like each one that's helping with VBS is absolutely needed. And um, Cheslin and I, Chrissy and I, Lynn and I, we can't do it all ourselves. And we, if we're going to be changing this region of sharing heaven here on earth to the best that we can, we need one another. And the beauty of that is, is like, we don't have to look exactly the same. Like your gift set, like if you look at the fivefold, the apostle isn't going to be wired like the evangelist, nor is the prophet wired like the pastor. Now there's times where there's kind of a crossover where maybe it's like a, an a apostle teacher or a, an evangelist pastor you can see kind of different gift sets. Like in Pastor Kelly, obviously she's, uh, she's wired prophetically, uh, but God's doing a mighty thing where she's actually reproducing and she's sent not just her own, in the, not just physically, but also as a spiritual mama, she's raising up others and they're going out and they're changing things. They're shifting culture. Uh, you think of Pastor Adam. Adam's got an apostolic heart. Uh, he's got a prophetic heart. Like, did you realize that what Adam has done? Adam's actually raised up uh, five other worship pastors that are currently leading worship at other churches in this region in just seven years. Like, can you think, how many of you, like, we've actually blessed and sent out five other worship leaders in different churches in this region. Uh, that's pretty powerful to think about. So, Perhaps it's time for you to know how you're wired. How do you fit into the fivefold? What is your gift set? Because you're called. Amen. You, you, this isn't the season that we're in in the church age right now. This isn't the time that we're meant to sit on the sofa and watch others do it. Now is the time where we, we all get into the game. Kind of fun. And we get to pass the ball back and forth. And we just get to, to do things. We need one another. Last thing I touch on is that every disciple of Jesus is unique. So I don't want you to look like me. I want you to look like you. I want to be a part of so my heart. I'm a, have like an apostolic father. If you were to ask me, what is it that, what's the greatest desire that I have as a pastor? Is that I would raise you up to be whoever you're meant to be. And that probably means you're, you're going to be greater than I am. And I love that idea. I want to share the best that I have, I want to give you. And I want you to go. And I want you to be all that you're meant to be. Whether that means that you're a part, you stay plugged in here a New Day, or if you sow into other places, whatever that might be, that's my heart. I believe in each and every one of you. And I believe that God, he has marked you. Like, the beauty of staying glass windows, 
Did any of you grow up in a church that had a stained glass windows? I always loved it. When the sun would rise in such a way and the light would shine through, it would, and honestly, would take my breath away. And it would move me to tears. Like even now, just thinking of it, there's something in each one of those pieces, it's broken, right? It's broken glass. And there was an artist that put each one of them together. It made this beautiful mosaic. And when the light shines, even the hardest of hearts can be touched. Like I would have friends that hated God that would come to me and go to church with me. And when they would be there and when the light would shine through, it would cause them to stop and take notice. The beauty of that is each one of us is a little bit of that broken piece, right? When we allow this master, uh, uh, I guess, artist to piece us together, we become this mosaic. When we're able to, in our uniqueness, we're still able to come together as a mosaic. Now, some of us are a big piece. Some of us maybe are a little piece. Some of us are bumpy. Some of us might be rough. Some of us might be more polished. Each piece is needed. And without you, it wouldn't be as breathtaking. So the idea of that uh, each one of us is unique, it would be a shame if we died on earth as a carbon copy of someone else. Each one of us was created to be unique. So don't be like someone else. Be the you that you're meant to be. When I wrestle with sometimes, I have people that will share different, different teachings, different videos, different things of how God had impacted them. And, I, and I'm thankful for the revelation that God has today. Like, isn't it amazing to think of the revelation that we have? Thank you, Lord. But I don't want to be like them. And I don't want others to be like them. I want, I want others to be who they're meant to be in Christ. So I challenge you to figure out who you are in Christ. Not who you are through my understanding of who you are, but through, you, through who you are through his eyes. And that takes time, right? That takes actually humbling yourself, getting over yourself, and meeting with him face to face. But the beauty of that is, like I look at Sheila, and I'm picturing Sheila meeting with God out in the farm field. And God's just speaking to her, and she's taking it all in. I think of Mike, Mike's maybe sitting in his office and he's kind of pulling together his game plan for the different calls that he has to make, but yet he's making room for God to come and speak to him and show him. I think of Sean as Sean's, uh, as he's doing these different things of connecting with people in recovery and as he's coaching them on and stepping into, but I just see God meeting with him, even in his truck. Maybe he's driving to his next appointment and the Holy Spirit's meeting with him in such a way he's, he's growing in his identity. You know, like, that's, what, that's what God, he can meet with us in such a powerful way. I'd like to invite Cheslin up as we close tonight, or uh, tonight, today, hello. Wow, tonight, it's been that long? I missed the parade, man! Oh, Adam's gonna be so upset. You had one thing. Uh, what is Jesus saying to you? More than what what he was saying through me or through the worship time, but what is he saying to you right now? Can we just take some time to honor him? Jesus, what is it that you're saying? As we step into this time of prayer, we want to meet with you face to face and heart to heart. Uh, We have the courage to move past religious tradition and meet with you in a place of relationship. As you are that best friend, 
that friend that's closer than a brother, closer than a sister. You're the lover of our soul, the king of our heart. What is it that you're saying to us right now? We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, that we're unique, that you don't make junk. Each one of us has a purpose. You have a plan that we can create a place where all of us can fit together. That, yes, some of us may be more this or more that or less this or less that, but together we're so much better. So, Lord, we thank you that the spirit of adoption, that the spirit of family is greater than the spirit of rejection. It's greater than that that spirit of um, that spirit of pride. Oh, we need you, Lord, and we need each other. So even right now, we pray for the person to our right. Lord, fill them up. Fill them up. May this be the, one of the greatest weeks this summer, that they, they would be right in stride with you, Holy Spirit, uh, that the fruit of the Spirit would be so obvious within them. We pray for the person to our left. Lord, we thank you for the person to our left. May they, may they come to know you in a greater way, that they would have such revelation of you this week, uh, that they would meet with you in such a humbling way, uh, with true humility, that they would meet with you and that you would pour into them, speaking into identity and purpose. Thank you, Lord. We need you. And to the best that we understand, you're using us. You need us in the kingdom of God, your kingdom expansion project here on earth. So fill us up, Lord. Fill us up, fill us up, fill us up and send us out. Fill us up and send us out. Fill us up with your heaven. May heaven come and fill us up. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, Jesus. That's what you had said. We take it in. We take in the kingdom of heaven right now. Fill us up with heaven that when we go out that we would share heaven here on earth. Fill us up. Fill us up with true love. Fill us up with joy that's, that's more contagious than any sickness. Fill us up with that peace that passes all understanding. Fill us up with self-control that when others act out in flesh that we would act out with the spirit. Fill us up, Lord. Fill us up that we would overflow when people would bump into us that heaven would pour out. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the things that you have lined up for us this next week. Lord, for the, those that are here that need breakthrough, we by faith, the faith in this room, we speak breakthrough through Jesus Christ, through his name. Breakthrough, breakthrough in relationship. Breakthrough, if you're wrestling with addiction, we speak breakthrough. We speak a victory, a freedom. Uh, Lord, we thank you if it's a, a, even a financial burden, Lord. We speak a breakthrough, a, that something would shift, a check in the mail, a bonus, a blessing, whatever, uh, a tax return that wasn't expected, whatever might happen. Lord, uh, do something, a breakthrough in that place of finance. But even greater than that, the condition of our spirit and soul. If there's anyone here that's feeling broken or beaten, oh, come, Lord. Bring healing, bring hope, bring restoration. Lazarus, come out. It's time to take the, the grave clothes off. Healing, wholeness, come alive in Christ. We say, come alive in Christ. 
It's, it's a time. It's no, you're no longer a zombie. You're no longer barely alive or barely dead. It's time to come alive in Christ. We speak healing and wholeness over your spirit and soul right now. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We love you. We bless you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. All that I have is a hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I've nothing else fit for a king. Except for a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, amen, amen. If you're able to join us today, we'll be again, A37, uh, we're on 3rd Street, join us, you'll see the float. If you have a tie-dye shirt or a New Day shirt or a purple shirt, Bring that with you. Uh, We have a few shirts left over too, so we can make that work. But uh, come and join us. We're going to love on Montgomery. Would you receive this blessing as we close? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. That you, the sons and daughters of God, would truly be all that you're meant to be so that you can do all that you're meant to do. That you do that with his favor, with his peace, with his abundance. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dick, did you have something? Yeah. Pastor just made a comment about people bumping into you. Just want to share a brief testimony. I just came back from 10 days of suffering in Alaska. But one of the, one of the highlights was, a, I think it was a week ago Thursday, uh, we're out fishing on the Kenai River, not doing very well. But I had bumped into a couple that was in the campground where we had run into to go fishing. And they, they wander down to where we're fishing about 20 minutes later. They're both higher than high on, on marijuana. He runs a marijuana business. I mean, he, it's legal in Alaska. And, and, she, and she grows it for him. And they were both obviously using their own product. Uh, but I was fishing with three other pastors or three pastors, I'm not a pastor. Um, and one of them kind of sensed and started a conversation with this guy. And all, four, all of us just put down our rods and, and talked with a young a gentleman, Chris, who had spent 10 years in prison. Um, but he, had, he talked like he knew the Lord. And, uh, um, it, and we talked with him, I spent a little time with him afterwards. and. Uh, I, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. It's all in the Lord's hand at this point. But you don't know who you're going to bump into. We've been talking a lot about sending people out. Be aware of who the Lord's sending to you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dick. So good. That's good. Dick will be preaching next week. So thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for that. We'll get that pastor in here to preach next week. Oh, we love you guys. Have a great week. We got some work to do.
pray that you received encouragement and impartation as you heard this word today. Connect with us on Facebook and at newday-church.org. Thanks again for listening to this message. Thank you.